What's up, Radical community? Y'all know I have been talking to y'all about the small groups that are about to kick off, which are going to be so good. I'm already knowing because we're diving into some really good topics. And one of those small groups is going to be on biblical obedience, and it's going to be led by Jaslyn Dixon. Now, Jaslyn and I met when she signed up last year to go through our group coaching program and she was acquainted with a really close friend of mine and that's how she how she'd heard about the program through social media and so uh, we got the chance to get really well acquainted and I just really loved her heart and I really loved her testimony and just what God had brought her out of the environments that he had brought her out of and even just um, how she talked about wanting to reach back to um, those same people, those that were in her circles at that time and really show them what's possible with giving your life to Christ. And so I wanted you all to get a little bit of a sneak peek into her and her story and, and really have you just listen in to hear her heart, hear her testimony and what to expect from the biblical obedience uh, small group. And to know and be reminded that like anywhere you are on the spectrum as a follower of Christ, obedience is required. And that may look different depending on your maturity level, but it's always a thing. And that's one of the themes that comes out of our time. She talks about leaving a life of homosexuality that she knew wasn't right and really surrendering to obedience and how that is kind of what led her to do this study and even how, you know, in preparing for this, she had to walk out some obedience. So I don't want to give away all of the good nuggets. I want y'all to tune in and listen to the gems for yourself. Let's get into it. Are you feeling like it's finally time to break free from trauma and the drama of a past relationship? Do you find yourself searching for scriptures and sermons for ways to heal from past pain and forgive those who gave it? Are you hoping that someday you'll finally have the clarity you need to move on with your life? Well, you have found the right place. In this podcast, you're going to find clarity, sis. You're going to gain confidence. You're going to find new strength. And that's all going to be done through scripture, tips, resources, and coaching so that you can start to live a more fulfilling life. Grab your journal, sis. Let's get to work. All right, so Gold, let's start out with you just kind of telling people a little bit about who you are and then moving us into your testimony. Well, hi everybody, I'm uh, Jazlyn Dixon, but a lot of people call me Gold. Um, it, it ain't much, you know, I'm just a young girl from Detroit. I moved out to Georgia um, a few Years ago, where I really rededicated my life to God, and I've been going to a church called Embassy City. Um, from there, you know, God blessed me with a good job after I've been searching for a while. So I thank Him all the time for that. Mm. Um, and as far as like just me personally, um, I don't know I'm an artsy person. I like to do art. I like to paint. I like to make music. Just any type of expression in the artistic world that takes whatever's in heaven and brings it down to earth. Mm. So. 
that's the uh, gist of me right there. <laughs> yeah. And I know that you serve at your church. So tell us a little bit about how you're involved there. Okay, so in my church, I serve on the media team. Um, my college degree was in media, so I felt like that would be a good use for it. Uh, right now, what I'm doing is doing, like, the LED wall. So, like, any of the graphics behind the pastor, like, putting them up. Um, really creating the feel that you uh, have in the church. So, like, I pretty much work really hand-in-hand um, -hand with the light attack. So, when I want the screen to match the lights and it's a flash when the lights flash and then, you know, reminding people what the pastor is saying, really just trying to enhance the atmosphere. So mm -hmm. an atmosphere provider is what I like to call myself, but mainly just on the wall. And then, of course, like while he's teaching, I'm putting the points up there so people can follow along um, the Bible versus all those type of things. OK, that's cool. I love that because like as the person experiencing it, I don't think you think so much about the fact that like somebody got to be on their P's and Q's to get, you know, like to get it done, make sure the words are up there when they're supposed to and cultivate the atmosphere like you experience it. But like you are the person who has to like be paying attention so that the result is as great as it is. Definitely. So I tell people it's a lot like chess. You have to be like, I'm, I have to be in the moment and I have to be three moments ahead. I have to kind of like, because we do a lot of prophetic worship. So I have to know where they're going. It's essentially me and the worship team have to get the download at the same time. Mm -hmm. So like, I got to know where they're going, know where the atmosphere is. Because sometimes like we have set time. So I'll be like, okay, we were supposed to do this five minutes ago, but they're so hype. I know we're not going to move from there. So let me set up for the next three because I know we're going to go here. They're going to go high. They're going to go low. Wow. And people who like watch me do it, they were like, dang, or like try it. They were like, we didn't realize how much yeah. that really is. And I'm like, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I can see how your like creativity could come out through that. And uh, the combination of the creativity and the prophetic is pretty cool. Yeah, I love it. I'm not going to lie. I tell people, I'm like, if you, uh, people who are new and they're like, hey, can you show me? I'll tell them always begin with practicing your prophecy. And they look at me crazy. And I'm like, once you start doing it, you'll understand why I said wow. that. I, that's, uh, that's a good way to teach yourself. Go prophesy. Wow, that's good. That's good. Awesome. So um, acquaint us a little bit with just like your testimony. You mentioned like moving to Georgia and rededicating your life to Christ. So walk us through that journey a little bit. All right. So um, anyone who knows me for a real long time knows that I pretty much grew up like knowing about God, knowing about Jesus. And I've had moments where I've like been in and been out. And I think like one of my gifts is that um, I am like extremely prophetic. Revelation comes really easy for me. And what I've learned over time, just uh, being with God and walking with him is that a lot of times when people have those type of gifts, like the enemy attacks their like sexuality in order to taint their purity. So mm -hmm. that was pretty much the what I came out of. Like I dated girls for a really long time. And in the back of my mind, I'll, I always knew like, OK, I'm going to have to give this up. It's not right. And I teetered with that back and forth. So it was like a point where I was going really strong in college. And then I fell off and I go really strong again and then I fall off. And then before I came, I just wasn't thinking about it all. And God kind of like uprooted me. I didn't plan to move to Georgia. It was kind of like one day my dad was like, hey, you're going to move to Georgia to be with your grandma. And I'm like, huh? And he like, yeah. 
So he you know how your parents ask you something, but they ain't really asking you. They kind of like telling you he did one of those. And I was like, all right, I'll go down there. And then when I got down here, you know, me and God was still on that. Like, well, I guess I was battling God and God was probably just looking at me like, what are you doing? Mm. <laughs> but um, I ended up going to uh, Embassy City. Uh, my mom had been going there for years. So like when I went there, it's almost like everyone knew me already. They were super welcoming, super uh nice and I had like a really strong encounter with God right before I went and then that next Sunday I was like yeah let me go to church and I don't know just ever since then like I had an encounter with it's almost like he stepped in the room I could feel like an overwhelming presence of something greater than me and all I could do was cry like I couldn't move I was just in fetal position crying and um I don't know it's like a it's like a light just clicked on for me and then ever since then I haven't looked back so it's definitely been a journey. Um, I was wild back then. I did a lot of crazy stuff. Um, I come from a city where, like, you know, people, they do drugs, they're violent, scamming, all this. So that's the world that I came from. So it's been, like, work to kind of shed those off or got, like, yeah. showing me a light saying, hey, you need to let go of this. And, hey, you need to let go of this. And, hey, you need to let go of this. And, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, I can do that right now. And then sometimes it's like, mm -hmm. I'm going to have to work on that. That kind of that's pretty much how I got um my topic for the uh, biblical obedience, especially because one of one of my biggest things was that when I was living in sin, it's not like, it's not that I didn't know what was right. I just refused to do it. Mm, yeah, so. that's good. That's really good. I'm interested in hearing more about like after having that encounter, going to church the next day and everything just kind of being radically different from that time. What did it look like for you to like bear fruit in keeping with repentance? Like how did you grow in your relationship with the Lord from then? And what were maybe some like really key aspects of that, whether it was like having a mentor or that dedicated um, time in your word or being sure that you're staying consistent at church? Like what were some of the things that really helped cultivate your relationship with the Lord after that? Well, you can't see him, but like in my room, there's a bunch of like little sticky notes. Uh, one of them, uh, I can read right now. It's First Peter two nine says, "I am chosen by God, who called me out of darkness of sin into the light and life of Christ, so I can proclaim the excellence and greatness of who He is." And then in parentheses, "I am chosen by God," and I have one that says, "I am protected." When it's Ephesians six sixteen, so I keep those around so when my mind bears off, I can like if I'm laying down and I turn my head, they're eye level to me. Mm. So. I had them all over my door. They fell off over time. I need to put new ones up. But that was one thing, just kind of like being intentional with my mind. Um, I find myself, especially when you do something for so long, such as dating girls, I have to tell myself no when my mind tries to veer off into that aspect. I have to be like, no, don't think about that. Or no, don't do this. Or no, like I'm just saying no all the time to myself. Like as soon as a thought comes up, um, I did drown myself kind of in the church. Like I went and like, you know, every Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, midweek, uh, leader port, prophetic labs. And I think that like when you come out of the world, that's extremely important. And people don't really think about that. They're like, oh, I'm going to dedicate my life to God and then go right back into the environment. Mm. I think God was strategic when he moved me here because I didn't know anybody. So I didn't have anything to do. I didn't have any place to go. I didn't have a job at first. All that I had was church. I didn't have a car. So like when my mom would go to church, that was my only window of opportunity to leave the house. 
So I was always there because, you know, you get sick of just being in the house all the time. Um, things that reminded me of my old life, like because, um, you know, on TV shows, especially now, they push a lot of like the the sexuality like agenda in just every form, whether it's promiscuity, homosexuality, transgenderism or whatever it is. So like I cut off a lot of stuff that I was watching, almost went back to like old shows like Smallville where like that wasn't really a thing. Um, you know, nineties or stuff like that, those family shows. And then I watched a lot of like teachings like uh ALC, uh Ambassadors of Christ, where he just literally pulls passages out the Bible and just goes through them. So yeah, I just drowned myself with the word and with community that also like believed in the word the word. Um I think that was a really big help. Um I end up did getting a mentor a lot later. I had a coach back then. Well, technically still have a coach, uh, Sophia Ruffin. So I was in one of her, like, she has, like, a school kind of. So I would do those every Wednesdays and Mondays. But really just changing, like, your environment and the circumstances was really my biggest uh, way of what I think helped me. Well, I really think it helps anybody. Like, the easiest way to make that change after you dedicate yourself to God is to change what you're around mm -hmm. so that you don't have a chance to, like, go back so it got to the point where I was so busy at church all the time. I really didn't have any time to do any crazy mm. stuff. And then once you're out the habit of it, you just, it doesn't come up anymore. Mm. Like, I mean, it's up. Like, the devil's always trying to tempt you, but it doesn't come up anymore, like, for you. You're not the one bringing it up or thinking about it. Anything now is, like, somebody from my past life would be like, hey, you remember me? And I'd be like, nope, I don't. Memory gone. Like, <laughs> Actually, I don't. Amnesia. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about because that person dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but. that's good. That's good. Um, I love that. I love the idea of just, like, really immersing yourself out the gate, just even as a point of wisdom like it's just wise to like let me extract myself from over here and let me like immerse myself in the thing that I know that I need because that's also a good it sounds like a good way to even just kind of like reprogram habitually you know what I'm saying like even as we think about the psychology behind it taking 21 days you know for a habit to become a lifestyle and to really resonate with your brain just like listen let's just completely dive in um, because it that is that is such prime time, you know, when you don't necessarily have all of the the all of the foundation laid for Satan to easy come and like pluck up whatever seeds have been planted and easily end up back in the world. Yeah, definitely. So I think that in college, like when I was going back and forth, that was one of my biggest problems because I was in, I was still in college. So I would have the Bible studies and, you know, have this group, but I'm still surrounded by, you know, I went to a, a big 10. So I'm surrounded by thousands of people who would care less about that. Mm. And um, it was different here. Like my friends were also there, friends that I met, friends even some friends that I met from the Bible study and then friends that I've had from back home and then just also being able to like work on your discernment a lot. Like I thought that was really important because in college, you know, I was at the Bible study with those same friends I'm at the Bible study with who want me to come over and party with them, but they're like crazy drunk. So I'm like, well, <laughs> that wasn't a good example versus like being in uh finding a community that's not doing that essentially. So 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had that same issue in college where I was just lukewarm and I had grown up Christian as well, but it was just so, it was so much harder to just like completely turn away when sin was like right here waiting for you. And you're like, wait. Right. It, it's sitting right next to you. It's staring at you in the face like so. And it's like, knock, knock, you at home tonight? Yes, I am. <laughs> like you're doing something? No, I'm not. <laughs> Right, exactly. It should have been in my words so I can tell you I was busy. Yeah, um, I love that. So. I love that. And I also love just how you mentioned that that part of your testimony is also um, what led you to the biblical obedient small group. So um, tell us a little bit more about just what we can expect from the biblical obedient small group and then Going into it, what is your hope for anyone who attends a small group? So um, I kind of have it broken down into sections. Uh, of course, we know it's a six-week class. It's the introduction. The introduction is kind of that plus um, what obedience is. We're going to take a look at just like the word, both in the Greek and in the Hebrew. Um, and then, of course, introduce ourselves. And then from there, I want to um, – the section is kind of called Who Told You That?, Cause you know how we have um, blood is thicker than water, and they've like that's in the Bible, but I'm like, but that's that's not what it said though. So just um, just being able to dispel some of the things that we think like, oh, follow your heart, and I was like, but the Bible says your heart is exceedingly wicked. So just breaking down, I feel like before we can even after I explain it to them, before we can get into forming other uh, habits when it comes to obedience you got to break down the things that you think are true so we're going to take a look at like some of the popular sayings that people like attribute to the bible and people follow like follow your heart when it's really not um even in there and then i have one it's kind of like the geography of obedience uh looking at obedience as a position a place and a posture and i feel like once people understand that i think that it'd be easier for them to be like okay like it's not just that i should be obedient i have the right to be obedient and i have the will and the power to be obedient and i feel like taking a look at it from there from that perspective will really open people's eyes like you um knowing that like okay like my obedience me in obedience also comes with the authority from heaven because that's where i'm at that's my position um knowing like oh be like it's the difference between being obedient and just following directions because obedient is a posture of the heart. And then, um, you know, and then what was it? I did place, posture, and then position, knowing like where you are, like we're under Christ, we're covered. So just looking at obedience from those two, those three aspects. Then I want to do like a character study um, of three Bible characters. Two will be people who are obedient. One will be somebody who wasn't obedient. And then his will fold into like a look at what disobedience looks like and how like disobedience isn't just not following direction, but it comes with timing too. Like delayed obedience is still disobedience. Like, yeah, you might do it later, but it's like when you come home and your mama told you to wash the dishes two hours ago, mm -hmm. you're still in trouble. You still have to bear the consequences of it. And then of course, the last one is just building healthy habits. Like how can you become more obedient yourself like what do you personally need to do where i have them kind of like look into yourself see what steps what's something that god has been asking you to do and then that last day i want them to kind of like you know come with an action plan of what your next six months is going to look like you know doing whatever god has called you to do and i'm gonna do it with them too i know there's things god called me to do uh, i'll tell them about some of the stuff i've been working on but 
that's kind of like the gist of it. Those are like all six weeks kind of just broken down um, in layman's terms. Um, of course, like I also want to be able to push people. So whoever's in the group, I'm going to call you to pray at some random point. And I ain't taking no. <laughs> you, can, you can be like, Lord, bless us. Amen. And I would be like, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of like the gist of like what the group is going to look like, what we're going to go through throughout the um, six weeks. And yeah, I'm hoping that it just stirs people, um, lets them know like it's not as hard as it seems. Because I know a lot of the time, especially when God, not uh, people always think of obedience as like God telling you not to do something, but sometimes it's God telling you exactly what you want to do to be done. Like, say, for instance, you have a great business idea and God's like, start it, but you're like, well, I'm scared, I'm this, I'm that. And, but that falls in the same category. If you're asking God for something and He's like, go and you don't go, you're still being disobedient. Yes, you're not, you know, out there fornicating or drinking or whatever, but He's trying to push you into a new glory and you're refusing to walk forward. So, letting people understand, like, it's not just about what you're doing wrong, it's how much more you could be doing mm -hmm. in the name of God. And, like, you not doing it is still being disobedient. Yeah, you're not harming nobody but yourself, but you're, you know, you're preventing God's mission from moving forward. So, having people take a look at things like that. So, just trying to trying to change their mindset. And I also think obedience is always something we teach to kids and not to adults. And I think obedience to kids is doing what you're told. And I feel like for adults is being confident that God has you. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's a it's good for us as adults to revisit that topic every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Man, that's so good. Um I even think about how. I love what you said about how like obedience is not always about these more overt things, right? Like about the fornication and whatever else, because as you mature as a believer, those more overt sins likely hopefully become less of a thing anyway, as you're producing fruit in keeping with repentance, but there's still the opportunity for disobedience. And that just looks very different as a more mature believer, which we may not be even thinking about as disobedience because it's not this super overt thing, but to your point, like, but you didn't move when he said move. <laughs> you still ain't moved. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, when you're walking in the uh, store and God and you get that inkling and you're trying to ignore it, like, hey, go pray for that person. You're like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's like, yes, yes. Like, okay, yeah, you didn't cuss nobody out, but yeah. you didn't pray for the person. So, it's, mm -hmm. you know, God looks at everything the same. He said, look, I don't care if you on the freeway drinking or if you at home just not calling the person I told you to call. You're both mm -hmm. doing the same thing and it's nice. Yeah, that's convicting. It's like, yeah, you thought you got away. You did not. You were big. You're still disobedient. <laughs> and so I, I think that's, um, I just think it's an important topic for adults to revisit and especially as they mature, like especially more mature believers to revisit and being like, dang, what ways am I actually not being obedient right now? That's definitely something that we're going to um, take a look at in the class. Like that's pretty much that last week. So what, what, you know, what has God been telling you to do and you've not been doing and how, are, what's your next six months on actually doing that? 
And just trying to, like, get rid of um, some of the fear. I know a lot of the times, like, people aren't obedient because of fear, like I was saying with the business uh, thing. Um, but I think that, like, if you take the leap of faith, one, the fear goes away. And then also, I also think that people kind of, like, try to get the ball turning too fast. Like, if God tells you to make a multi-million dollar company, he doesn't expect you to do it tomorrow. He expects you to start making the plan today, though. So just showing them like, you don't, you know, a lot of the times disobedience is maxed um, by fear. You be like, oh, I just don't know. It is just like, no, just, you know, one little step at a time. Same way you run a marathon it's one step at a time. And I think that if people kind of restructured the way they looked at it, then that will also help too. Like, okay, yes, he won't tell me to start a business, but that don't mean the business is going to boom tomorrow. That's not what he asked. He just told you to start it. And even if that's just you writing it out and um, allowing like for you to be put into position for God to flood the um, blessings onto you. Cause you never know. He might be like, you know, tell you to do something today because a year later he has somebody that's going to walk into an opportunity, but you not starting today, make the person walk right past you without noticing you because you didn't have your things in order. So, you know, telling them like, it's not just for now, it's for later too. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. It's going to be such a beautiful time. And um, I can even appreciate just like how the spirit has bred that in you personally <laughs> to be able, because this is just the overflow, right? That's what I love. I love when like the things that we can bring to people like, yeah, it's us leading the group, but it's really just because we've walked through these lessons. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so like we can only come in as an authority in this lane either because God has anointed us for it or because we didn't have to get our hands slapped enough to be able to be like listen now let me help you <laughs> now this is the perfect example like I think like a year ago God was like hey I want you to start uh reading your Bible and creating full lesson plans for them and I'm like okay didn't do it and then you called me and I was like oh that was why <laughs> How's all? Thanks. Right. I remember you saying that, like, oh, that's why he told me to do that. Got it. And I was like, dang, I got to start from the beginning. <laughs> that was the first topic I looked at when I was doing that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, but, you know, it'll be like that sometimes. Yeah. You got to roll, roll with the punches. You got a way of, you know, moving you, moving you together to get you back on track. So. Yeah, and sometimes that's also how we learn the voice of the Lord when we don't move on something and then it circles back and it's like, oh, that was you and you like meant what you said. Okay. And you weren't joking. And you start that. That's how you start to learn to pick up on the patterns of like, okay, that was him. You know, I was playing around, but he said what he said. <laughs> now I'm behind and maybe suffering some consequences, but we're going to get together. <laughs> Man, yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely true, definitely true. Yeah. So that's well, you know, I'm glad though. I'm still happy that the opportunity uh, opened up, and now I'm taking it a lot more serious. You just see, like, wait, wait, let me see, if I can turn it around. Uh, uh, do I know how to turn my video around? Oh, there we go. Like this is my um. Oh dang, can you even see it? It's blurry. It looked like a Bible or something though. Yeah, I don't know why it's so blurry. That's crazy. I think my phone going. But essentially, it's a, it's two Bibles, a concordance, and it's like 
eight notebooks over there and a laptop just piled up. Oh, yeah. Keep all my stuff. And then there's more of them down here. Nice. So I'm like, all right, I got you, God. I got you. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for um, this opportunity for you to just be able to pour into other people because I just remember um, even during group coaching, just like, hearing you share and just being like, man, she has so much to offer people. I don't know if she even know like how much she has to offer people. And so you were one of the first people that came to mind for this round of the small groups. And just like, man, I would love to see her just like blossom, just like heal it because I know that it's in you. Like I knew that you had just that love for God and that love for his word. And um, even just that love for reaching back, you know, especially even to people who come from backgrounds like you to really help them understand how this kind of life is possible. So I'm just excited to see uh, the fruit of what God is going to produce through this small group. I'm excited to see it too. I'm excited to see who like, what kind of, well, who comes, what kind of people come. Um, I'm about to start doing the promotion. I know I got a couple people that asked me to let them know, but you know, you never know. So mm -hmm. I'm more nervous about that than anything. I'm like, dang, is somebody going to come? Mm -hmm. But um, I'm sure God will have whoever in the room needs to be in the room at the right moment. So, Yeah, for sure. So we'll start. Um, I think the first post is scheduled for social media um, sometime between Thursday and Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Just know you might open up an app and see your face. <laughs> it's all right, all right. Then I can post it on uh on my thing. I got some. I have to um. I have everything written out. I'm really bad at this, but I write out everything, and then they be like, "Oh yeah, now we need you to transfer it to the computer." And I was like, "Can I just send you the notes?" <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I got two people that want to review like uh, my weekly plans and stuff before I do it. Like my mentor, she uh, said that she would review it. Just um, I just think it's good to have someone who's like more experienced look over your stuff. For She's sure. the uh, the prophet of our house so um I kind of explained to her what I was doing and I asked her would she look at it and she also does this like she has a bunch of classes um she does like morning prayer and all that stuff um so she's kind of used to like being in the groove she calls on people randomly I'd be so scared when she calls my name because it's like a hundred people on there uh -huh. but just having her look over it and be like hey you know does this make sense is it in alignment and um another friend from another uh church who's gonna just look at it and make sure that it makes sense like hey you know i'm not crazy am i <laughs> so i gotta now i gotta, I gotta transfer all the notes to the um like a powerpoint and figure out how to share my screen <laughs> <laughs> right you like i can i got you at church with creating the atmosphere but sharing my screen on zoom <laughs> <laughs> hey i be feeling old sometimes i'm like dang i don't know how to do this stuff man <laughs> but it's really just because i ain't never i i don't really um i don't know everything i do is kind of in person like i'm an in-person person i don't know yeah so i just have i feed off of everyone else's energy so mm-hmm but, you know, it should still be good. I'm going to get it all into a PowerPoint or Canva. Probably Canva. I know how to use that. Nice. Awesome. 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 
All right. Well, I definitely appreciate the time uh, you taking with us to just share a little bit more of who you are and what to expect from the small group. Um, yeah, and I'm just I'm just anxious to see just how the spirit moves in in the hearts of the participants. So we will stay tuned for that. I cannot wait. I'm nervous, but I feel good. <laughs> Hey girl, hey, if you enjoyed today's episode, sis, chances are there are other women just like you who would enjoy it too, but they won't know about it unless we actually tell them. Okay. So if you don't mind helping me spread the word, will you take 30 seconds to leave a review of the show and then screenshot this episode and share it with your friends, wherever you like to hang out. It really would mean so much to me. All right, go and review those journal notes. I'll meet you back here next week for another session.